four o'clock, DK. What are we it's doing? Four o'clock. You always have to drag me into the fight. Like you're like, because you're wide uh, awake, you know? Yeah. And me, hey. I'm just getting going. Nah. Everybody doesn't even know we're live already. We've been live here. We're just going back and forth here for no reason. But this is how I know. The, the beginnings of these shows go because I'm such a night owl, and Moan has to be up super crazy early for his for his this day job. True. And then it's like he's p pulling my earlobe. Come on, come on, <laughs> DK. Like you like the NFL kickoff time. Yeah, one o'clock games is a kickoff at one o seven. Matter of fact, DK, you know where I'm headed. Okay, it is time for the bell ringer, and the bell ringer means what, DK? I it's officially time to start the show. I do believe that it is. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Ramon Foster Show. I have been dragged into this place by my earlobe. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He is Ramon out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And you are the people watching this show. And you are going to hear, before we get to any of the good stuff today, a little bit of a discussion as to what has to happen for this team to really get solid for 2023. Before we get into, you know, this and that and build for the future and re-anchor the line and all that other stuff here, what is the area of concern that you have right now, Moan, specifically about this roster before any draft pick is made? My biggest concern, mm -hmm. again, a lot of people are going to point to the cornerback position, and I mm -hmm. love, I love that conversation. And JPJ, JJ, Joey Porter Jr. is coming out. The real position of concern for me, truthfully, is depth amongst the D-line and the ability to stop the run. That's my biggest concern for this team moving forward. Yeah, I like the fact that you, you laid it out as a facet as opposed to a position because the, the thing that really jumps out for me right now about this football team, yes, they went and they added a couple of inside linebackers who are seen by most people as being you know, a step up. Okay? Yeah. Elandon Roberts uh, and Cole Holcomb, both of them coming in. They are better than Robert Spillane, both of them. Okay? Yes. Uh, they're more durable than Miles Jack was, and they're probably all everything over whatever Devin Bush left like mm -hmm. here. Okay. Yeah. So, so what you have is between the D line and the ILBs, a genuine concern as to how to stop the run and how many other people will Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin need to get involved in that process because that'll only further weaken your defense. Know what I mean? Absolutely. If you got to sell out everybody, you become so exposed on the back end to chunk plays. Honestly, one person being out of their spot in the run, in their run gaps, right? If a DB decide, man, I don't want to, I want to use the path of least resistance, and they move outside of their gap, or as Coach Tomlin like to say, sometimes you trade a block for a block. Like, no, we're not trading blocks for blocks. What I need to happen is one thing that Casey Hampton did big time, right? Kiesel were really good at this. Cam is really good at it, although he needs some help uh, uh, amongst that defensive line. Hargraves was good at, at distracting guys. You got to be able to stop those big stop boys it. up front. Stuff it, stuff yeah, stuff it. And, and, and truthfully, for about the last couple of years, man, that's been uh, uh, an area of concern, whether it stretches throughout the season or just in general, right, DK? Like, mm -hmm. it's fair to say the run defense 
without blitzing has been an issue, DK. It, it has. And I, and again, I don't see something right now where I go, oh, okay, it's good now. I, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like whatever is missing here is, is aimed at that particular spot. Now, we do have people pointing out here as, as we're talking that the run defense – did get better as the season went along here. As That's what Jersey went, Boy says. It, I just said that, yeah. It did. And the, the last time that a team outright gashed them, and don't laugh at this, but was was in Atlanta. Yeah. And why? Because that's all the Falcons do. Well, okay. It's a weird team. All right. It is. It <laughs> is. And it's very interesting you say that too, because I just want to look at their opponents for next year. Like, we talk about the passing game as much as we possibly want to, right? It is a passing league, but any coach in the NFL will tell you the passing game is only good because you have a good running game, okay? The way I look at this schedule next year, and I know we're going to break all this down when we come down to it, Nick Chubb is still in Cleveland, right? He as is. far as I'm concerned. He is. Joe Milton has to see him. Okay, you have For to now, see Joe Mixon is in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, still, yes. yeah. I said yeah. Joe Milton, not the Tennessee quarterback. What am I thinking, DK? Mm -hmm. uh, Baltimore is predominantly a run first team. You got a running quarterback in Kyler Murray coming in. Green Bay may be leaving. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers may be leaving Green Bay, so that probably puts more emphasis on their run game. The Jags have a really solid running game. The Patriots will, you know, death by a thousand cuts the way they attack you. What I'm saying is this. You're facing some opponents in this 2023 season that will want to establish the run. Of these teams I've named, man, other than Cincinnati, and Cincinnati will also, you know, they, they'll chip away at you also with the running game. See, Which, uh, I, I, Blitz comes in here with Jalen Carter's worth trading up if he's still there at nine. Blitz, you're not doing that, man. <laughs> you are not You are not doing that on somebody who screwed up on the week of the combine with something off the field. You are not doing that. Moan, there's all – that's not a red flag. That's like – Sirens. Okay. Okay. Let me say this about Jalen Carr. I'm actually right. on the up opposite side of you on All this. Right. One. And right. I think your stance is really strong, but let me give you mine. He wasn't direct, he didn't directly act in that. His biggest issue he had, he fleed the scene of that one and of accepted all things that came with that. Most times as a youth, I'll say this: you probably don't think, oh man, they'll be okay. Death happening in a situation like that, I don't think it registered in that moment for him. It is a very sad situation. I'm on the side of it. This guy has to be surrounded as far as him coming into the league. If you have an opportunity to grab a guy like him and you know the type of culture we have inside of that team, what better group for you to have a guy like Jalen Carter is what I say. Is it scummy to kind of say some of that stuff a little bit, DK? Mm -hmm. Because, yes, two people lost their lives in that. Being in a position of, hey, we believe in second chances – I, if he's remorseful, the Steelers have done their due diligence to talk to him, let him understand, no more, no mas. We're not doing this. You are a pro. You represent us. I'm willing to jump out there a little bit. Yeah, but trading up isn't jumping out there a little bit. That's my point here, okay? I think if you have a situation where Carter is falling, uh, first of all, you, you your sirens continue screaming, okay? Yeah. Because that just yeah. tells you that there's 16 other teams who just said no thanks to a guy they know can help them That's true. on the field. So it, it, it only gets more complicated in that sense here. Hanover Fist says, I made it. I told my wife I was going out for cigarettes, which is worse, man, lying to your wife or 
or having cigarettes between him and slim yesterday on getting pulled over i don't know why are we lying about watching this show <laughs> yeah why, why is it that you have to hide us what are we doing that's so nefarious i can't let anybody know that i'm watching the ramon foster show are y'all cheating on us with another show or something what the heck is going uh, on DK? Devin harding points out that, saw that, that carter showed up overweight on his pro day and couldn't finish i, 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 I mean, saw i'm sorry that. these aren't D- things that you just say hey conditioning is is an easy fix it is this and i'll be honest with you the kid got a lot going on yes i'm a i'm a forgiving person when it comes down to what his talent has done okay people have have been allegedly doing worse than this in a sense like it's two separate vehicles they're highway racing if if you if you can surround him and he's remorseful and we don't have another setback and he get in shape I'm of the essence you take a shot on a kid like that. When we come back, the only segment that matters is all of Hey Moan. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. See, people have to come up with nefarious excuses for why they're watching this. Like Dwayne says, I'm being from Louisiana. My coworkers are always giving me the side eye because I play you guys to where they can hear you. All right, well, that's different, okay? Especially if we start talking about Mad Canada and the volume just naturally or, or we say the Tennessee Vols beat them in Louisiana this year. They'd probably be upset with that, too. Okay, you can drop that one. Uh, or the fact that we are the real black and gold. I mean, we can drop that one, too, DK. Which one do you want to hear? I guess there's any any number of those. What I want to hear right now is how the Get-Go Cafe and Market offers quality at the core of every menu item. You know how that is, Moan? Man, tell it's, me. Yeah, it's it's that three expert chefs. It's not like yesterday when it was two or the day before when it was one. It's three expert chefs fine-tuning every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. I will wrap this thing by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get you I a will. beat. We'll get you a beat. Uh, something <laughs> like that. You can eat DJ DK or something, you know, yeah. something absolutely DJ DK is a really cool name, man. I'm here for that. DJ DK. Uh, Chris gets us started with the hey moans with a significant hey moan. What like it, is Chris. the most common misconception that rookies have about the Steelers when they show up? The most common misconception? Misconception. I don't know. I I don't know that. I would think it's such a mean team. That's what I thought when I came in. My personal thought, this is a mean team. That's all I could think. Like, nobody smile and have a good time, and we're probably going to be miserable. Like, that's what I thought because you see the product on the field, and it's nasty. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But to come to find out, man, dudes are just guys like you. I think that was the biggest misconception I ever had. Not to brag, and I'm sure everybody's got their own story about what their team culture and locker room is, but that locker room is just so welcoming. It just is. Like, older guys helping young dudes 
uh, coaches being visible and vocal with guys. There's a lot of open arms uh, inside that facility. That's that was probably my biggest surprise, and it was a surprise. Michael panders his way onto the program with a go Vols, and then after that, Casey comes in with, "Hey, Moan, what was your least favorite city to play in?" Uh, and besides the home field, besides Pittsburgh, what was your favorite city to play in? Least favorite, and it's probably changed over time, but I had a thought today uh, as I was doing my morning job. Oakland. Ugh. Oakland. It's because Oakland came up in the news today because they're going to yeah. lose the A's to Las Vegas. They've lost everything to Las Vegas, actually. Oakland. By far the worst locker room, the worst cold tubs. They had rust in it. The field worst was atrocious. Worst x-ray room, remember? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oakland. I'll tell you this. The environment in the stands and the smells, uh, it, it was very unique. They have a very rabid culture, and it's very pure when it comes down to it. But Oakland is by far the worst experience. Uh, best experience probably. Man, I loved Seattle. I, me, personally, I want to make it out to Seattle. It is a beautiful place, probably around the fall time, too. I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to share with you what Ramon isn't sharing with you, which is that they don't exactly, the players, don't have a ton of time in these cities. No, okay? not really. Uh, they try, this is, well, this is, you left this out, okay? But you guys will more often than not, you'll fly out on late Saturday afternoon. Yep. Okay, after a Saturday walkthrough in Pittsburgh, uh, you'll get on a charter flight, so you'll get there. By the time you get there, it's dinner time. Uh, which they don't want you roaming around the city. They much. want you. They don't want you. They want. They want you staying in the hotel. So every place that you're going to describe here, including Seattle, is going to be close to the stadium. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Seattle, you guys were staying right up the hill. I know this mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. from from where the Seahawks place is, and that happens to be near where Pike's Place Market is, and the original Starbucks, and the Big Fish Market, and all that other stuff, which is really cool. Most places, like, for example, Baltimore and Cleveland and Cincinnati, where are you? You're what, at some big hotel, what? right? Yeah, there's nothing around you. Nothing around you. Uh, playing in D.C. was always weird. Baltimore, yeah. too, because we were in a different state, like, literally, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we don't get much. Whatever was close and we could get something to eat real quick was usually the best places. And I'll be honest with you, uh, going to places where guys lived at was also cool, too, because they have, like, food set up for us on their favorite food places to go to. But as you said, DK, not a whole lot of time to do much. Slim advises us that he's staying out of legal trouble today and watching the show. This is, this is a good thing. Slim's life, a lot like Jalen Carter's, is progressing. Yeah, yeah, he's making it happen. <laughs> Bunk Murphy wants to know who was the best prankster. Who's the best prankster? Uh, ben, hands down. Not even close. Lamar Woodley was pretty good at it, too. Oh, my gosh. Really? Don't, yeah, don't don't ever, like, get him. Because Ben, he'd been there for so long. The equipment staff and managers and stuff like that will play along in this shenanigans here and there. He was just crafty in everything that he's done, man. Uh, but, yeah, when you're the quarterback, you got a lot of power inside of the room. Sean Monahan wants to know, was it really harder to play in the higher altitude places like Denver, and how long did it take you to acclimate? It take you about a quarter to acclimate. Uh, it does. Is it harder? No, because you're in shape enough to get it done. Do you get tired fast? Yes, you do. That jog usually, and we usually have to go to the far end of the field to get to the end to warm up. 
you be over there breathing like it's like thin <laughs> air. Like it, it really is like a change in atmosphere. Uh, but by the time like middle of the first quarter starts, you're usually acclimated to it. And then when you come out for halftime, you'll feel it again. You leave the game honestly feeling like, man, I, I feel like I'm in better shape leaving Denver. It's a strange place, man. It really is. Yeah, uh, really is. Uh, S400 says, hey, Moan, how, why does it take so long for some teams to rebuild their offensive line? I remember Russell Wilson running for his life during the better part of his time in Seattle. Is it really that hard yes, to is. draft five solid offensive linemen? Yes, it is. Yes, the heck it is. Well, I'll say this. I don't think Seattle drafted well for Russ anyway. Russ style, I think he got comfortable in it as far as the scramble technique to move up and down the field. Uh, but I'll I'll say this. I told you guys earlier, with Isaac Samalo going into the starting lineup, we presume, right? Mm-hmm. It'll probably be about the first quarter. Like, you got to think it's the only position where five guys have to do the exact same thing within a reason. So that's why it takes so long. Like, you have five wide on a wide receiver, but their route tree is what it is. They do that all the time. Your literal footsteps and arms and head has to be the same on the offensive line. What if a guy at left guard is quicker than his tackle as far as cutting off blocks? You have to figure that out. What about when it comes to passing off pass uh, pass stunts on the offensive front front? then you got to be able to know, do I have to overshelf my guy so we can clean this up? It's so many intangibles. It really uh, is. Robert wants to know who's the best singer on the team when you played. Best singer on the team? Nobody. Anybody told you they were a good singer on the team was probably lying. Yeah, <laughs> and any, anybody who could carry a tune. Yeah, and it, no, nobody really could carry a tune. Nobody actually stood out <laughs> and wanted to sing like that. I will say that, too. I, I saw one, DK, that I want to get to. Yeah, no yeah. singers on the team, too. Yeah. Any Heinz Ward stories? Uh-huh. My rookie year, being young, dumb, okay, just not really understanding anything. Uh, I'm coming from college. We were doing our bowling day in camp. Naturally, the older guys usually go to the back of the bus just because why? Everybody wanted to be in the back of the bus to be the cool kids, right? Mm-hmm. I go to the back of them, sit down. He's like, hey, 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 young fella. No, Y'all sit up front by the coaches, beat it. <laughs> I was just like, I guess I am a young guy. But I was glad to have been on that bus. I'll tell you that. And it's funny with bus seating and everything, too, with guys. Everybody find the bus that their group and friends, more friends are going to on the bus. Like, it is a system. Hey, what bus we get on? Bus one, two, three, or four. It really does matter where you sit at. Hey, Al would go on buses like, where were you guys at? You lied to him. I was like, dude, you know which number we were going to. Chad says, hey, Moan, good afternoon. Thoughts on trading up in the draft with basically all of the holes currently filled? I don't agree with you, Chad, that they're all filled here. I need a quarterback, and I need I need a defensive <laughs> lineman, and I still need another inside linebacker. So, Yeah. I mean, if you listen to some people, they'll even tell you we still are drafting tackles and guards. It comes up all the time. They, they, I didn't, they hate Dan Moore. That's why they, they hate Dan Moore. I hear him, man. Uh, the two, the, 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 the positions of need, I feel like we have is three for me. And I said it before D line, cornerback, middle linebacker, maybe safety. I don't view safety the same way some people do though. So I, I know of course, having a uh, uh, branch from Alabama makes a whole lot of sense to a lot of people. Brian Branch, the safety is a that he's an impact player. He's an impact player. Um, that conversation is always there, but I'll I bet this 
we probably go more defense than we go offense in the first three picks. Darren Dalton says that Kenny Pickett kind of has that Heinz Ward. Nobody has the Heinz Ward smile. <laughs> Wardy. Yeah. Nobody has the Heinz Ward smile other than Heinz Ward. Okay? Have y'all seen him on the sideline in these uh, USFA, oh, XFL games? He is showing it. He is losing it. He's happy. He's showing it. Oh, my gosh. That guy's hilarious as a coach, man. I love it. Our favorite barber chimes in with just a contribution and an enjoy the day. Thanks so much on, on both counts you uh, see for that. that. <laughs> you see how much he gave? <laughs> oh, insignificance. I uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, while here. Don't be messing up anybody's haircut with your $4.20. I, I, I get the, the hint there. Chris, Chris is looking for merch. Everybody's looking for merch. Uh, Absolute finest is just is is on the right track for right now, uh, and that would be to like the video here. Jason shows up a little bit late, and I've got a good one here from Tyler who says, "Hey, Big Moan, who would you say was the most underrated teammate that you had as a Steeler?" I say it was the Beard. Uh, and, and, and Brett Kiesel's an easy choice, seventh rounder, Easily. you know, not necessarily that combine kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not the, not the meat market kind of guy, just a plain old football player. Um, who do you got, Bone? If we're talking about underrated, mm-hmm. um, Kiesel definitely fits that mold. If Kiesel can fit that mold, I'm going to go Heath Miller. Everybody in Pittsburgh loved Heath. But like Heath, like like league wide, probably wasn't a name other than yeah, I know him. I thought with what he did in the tight end game was phenomenal. His ability to block, I don't think many people paid attention to that. They just waited for him to catch the ball and go heave. Like his <laughs> ability to block on the line of scrimmage and, and set a straight face tone on what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it should have been a bigger discussion league wide. He was just unassuming. He was just a lunch pail type of guy. And he was just a dude that you knew was in your foxhole if he was your teammate. Willie Colon could be in that conversation, too. I see that being the case. Um, But I'm probably going to go Heath on that one, man. And I'm trying to just think of, like, significance of people that played other positions, too. Heath and and James Ferrier. Farrier is a good one. Farrier was appreciated so much more in Pittsburgh than he was somewhere else, and I think yeah. that meets the true definition. Uh, I, I like the Heath one the best because Heath, I believe, was a top two or three tight end in the National Football League, okay? Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though he wasn't going to get the big numbers that a Gronk was or the or the pull, pull, pull highlights right. that Gronk was, okay? Uh, and his blocking, his completeness to his game. Not that Gronk couldn't block, okay? Right. But 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 Heath could do everything at a very, very high level. Be consistent, be a professional about it, be all that off the field in a, in, a, in 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 addition to that. And that's just yeah, that's a that's a good one right there. I like that. Yeah, Grayson, we, we know I was just gonna say we know and love Heath and appreciated him, <laughs> but you're talking about underrated. He said Kiesel, so I was like, well, Kiesel made a Pro Bowl. And I think he had a bigger following than Heath probably did. If we're being honest about it, he became a bigger off the field star 
than Heath well, ever he, was. He, he made himself that. He has that That's outgoing. True too. Heath, Heath, Heath wasn't going to be that guy and never will be in a million years. So Keith right. was still that guy in Pittsburgh. Yeah. They use him as the pump-up voice at Penguins games whenever the crowd needs to get going. They put Brett Kiesel on the screen saying, Hey, Pittsburgh, I can't hear you. <laughs> like that and it's like you're no seeing it doubt. through the beard and the place all of a sudden goes whoa kiesel wants yeah. us to get excited let's go i'll like tell you another Brown one says, go, go ahead, ahead. now i was gonna say greg warren our long snapper i'm so good for so long grayson brown says what is the point of mock drafts i never look at mocks the draft is so unpredictable and i'm ready for it i just can't wait Six days, the, my man. Six days. You know what it is, Grayson? It's the business of the NFL. That's probably why they have slated the schedules uh, released like about two weeks after the draft is over with. After that, you get minicamp and reporters can be there. After that, you get summer break and they're going to be talking about preseason. This The football, fo- the NFL is a machine. That's why there are so many. Uh, uh, that's why there's so many mocks. And this is the reason why also, DK, because of this. And that's exactly why we need Darnell Washington. See, that's what the draft does for you, okay? It gives you hopeful. I said Heath was a very underrated blocker. That doesn't mean that Pat Frymuth can't block himself. But I'd also say this. All Darnell Washington's known for right now is his blocking. Just put an extra offensive lineman in. You know, (laughs) it was the old Zach Banner role, right? Just put another guy out there. As it stands, he's not known for his catching right now. I saw the combine catch, but you know what I would tell you guys? Phenomenal. I see he's limber and flexible and hands are big enough, but he did it without pads on and nobody coming to tear his back off. Right, DK? I, 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 he he sure did. I'm happy to say that Justin is the first one to nail the $7.30 contribution <laughs> to the show. I don't um, expect this, y'all. This is crazy, man. This how, is awesome. How, how pretty. Uh, hey, Moan, I already made that down payment on the hoodie. Oh, I knew this was coming. Yeah, yeah, it's all aimed at you. All they want is the hoodie. Well, if you get to look like Carlton she- from the Fresh Prince, so should he. We need to have we need to have a th- what was our number on subscribers? Uh, what'd you say? I, 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 I said a hundred. That was too much. Let's get to thirty thousand subscribers. Thirty thousand. Wow. Hey, I'm we'll here do, for thirty thousand subscribers here on YouTube. Okay, yeah. thirty thousand subscribers on YouTube, and and and, and we will have merch. That, is that that's fair? light work. What, what are we yeah. at? Like we're almost at twenty two now. That's, that's that's not unthinkable. That's light work right there, DK. Appreciate that, yeah, Justin. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Gene says, uh, hey, Moan, what's the process for moving position from college to pros? Uh, like Al moving, for example, from tight end to tackle. Well, Al was tight end. Al was also wide receiver. Yeah, He'll he was wide receiver. <laughs> the, yeah. the process could be long, and it could be frustrating, too. First thing I had to do was put on uh, some weight. And then you have to retrain your entire body to do things that it never done before. I'll never blocked anybody like that other than trying to block at tight end. Uh, I've seen guys, and I like to say this word, crash out a few times when it's suggested that they should move to the other side of the ball or move into a spot. Sometimes just being on the team is a whole lot cooler than getting cut. If you're accepting of, of those changes, you got a shot, especially if the coaches are saying, hey, you'd be much better at guard than that tackle. I didn't want to play guard in the NFL, DK. Oh, my. I thought it was a trash position. 
You know what yeah, I well, said? That's what, but but that's what you get told, and you that's do. part of the culture. Is that when you go into you go in and play guard if you have limitations, if your right. ceiling is only here. Yeah, and I knew that. I knew my kick slide at tackle. Who it was not NFL ready, but my kick slide at guard. Oh, we can cook for eleven years, isn't it? How many years? Eleven years, DK. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See yeah, what I'm 11. saying? I could have got one year. I said ten. I said ten once. Yeah. And you won't let yeah. me forget it. Get that extra year matters. That puts me in a different threshold when it comes down to retirement, DK. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not checking your funds. Uh, Brian says, hey, Moan, the Dolphins medical staff downright criminally allowed Tua back in the game when he was clearly concussed. How confident were you in the Steelers medical staff to do right by you and the other players on the team? Your relationship, the trust that you had. Phenomenally. I, I was highly confident in him. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't, right? But I felt more confident in what our guys were doing as opposed to any others when it came down to saying, hey, yeah, you should go play. I'll tell you this, John Norwig and his staff, and I'll tell you this, the coaches inside of that room, because there are former players that coach the guys much, I, I distinctly remember, I know you want to go, but it'd be better if you didn't. Trust the young guys that they're going to get it done, Mo. You need to get your health. Like, that's the understanding inside of that building. So I was highly uh, confident in what they were able to do for me. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you once basically chase a teammate off the field? Yeah. Yeah. Man, my brain is slipping on me here. But I remember that you you saw something that you didn't like from a teammate. Was it Toussaint? It was some. It was obviously somebody on your side of the ball, but it was somebody, yeah. and you and you saw it, and you went, "Uh-uh, go get him out of here." I, I don't get remember him out, who it was. You, like, you went like this to the sideline. Get him out of here. Yeah, because it, you're you're in harm's way at that point, man. Like mm -hmm. it, I, I, I always say this: whatever you should say, say you're going to do in football, you gotta be all about it. That physicality side of it, if you're not 100 percent in on it, and you're not 100 percent healthy, don't go out there. One of those, hey, come get him. He's not okay. And we yeah. I'll be honest with you. Marquise and I did the same thing for each other, too. You know, we played hard, and Marquise was bullheaded. Pounce, you got to check out. You, we don't need you. Your kids need you, man. Like, those get are the conversations that have to be had. And it's okay to do that. Yeah, that's it. I, my brain is telling me that it was Marquise. Maybe somebody it, else it, will remember it on the and show. And he was mad at the time. If it was, I'm sure he's mad. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you you cost him a snap on the field with his teammates. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's and, and you. You know, hey, Moan, right. the, the un the undrafted free agents don't get any signing bonus. That's actually not true, Brian. That's not true. How do they get themselves into Pittsburgh and find a place to rent? So why don't you clear up the first part for Brian, and then, and then the rest. All undrafted free agents get something. It may be a thousand dollars. $1,500, $2,000. I got $8,000. I was a preferred, uh, I was an exclusive free agent. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I was. And now the price has actually gone up. That pool to sign free agents is a whole lot higher. It, I, I, their Steelers had somebody uh, at 25 grand last year. Yeah, yeah. A priority free agent. You can They give you a pool of money, and depending on how many guys you have to sign, you can break that up into how many other pieces you think you need uh, as far as who needs what amount of money. If I'm not mistaken, I think Cincinnati gave a guy like $55,000. As a signing bonus, that was actually watch more. It. That's how you get 31 owners mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> recently, look it up. But as far as housing, everybody has housing. Everybody has transportation. They get you a flight in. They ask you if you want a flight or do you want to drive in, and you get reimbursed mm -hmm. if you drive.
And it was Jalen Warren who got the twenty-five grand. Yeah. As, uh, as as Jacob uh, piles in to tell us here, uh, Dylan says, "Hey, Moan, could we realistically bring a Lombardi Trophy back to Pittsburgh on Kenny's rookie deal?" I'm definitely liking our potential right now. It looks like it's a push to it. It looks like it's a push to it. I'll say this, though. Uh, looking at the way Philadelphia cooked the books with Jalen Hurts, it looked like they're still going to be able to make a run on his salary, too. His highest cap number is only like $36 million on this new deal. Yeah. That is worthy, man. But again, they have an owner that got pocket cat like pocket change when it comes down to paying him though. Like, so it's a matter of where the Steelers are financially to put that money in an escrow to be able to like pay out his salary. Getting to it and his rookie contract would be best. But Omar and everybody else in the front office is gonna have to cook those books and make sure this team stay competitive after Kenny gets his second deal. Yeah, we got a bunch of good questions coming in here. I'm not even – you guys are coming in faster than I can handle them here. Uh, <laughs> CH says, hey, Moan, piggybacking off the two a question, thoughts on DeMar Hamlin's clearance and return to Buffalo? And here's what I'm going to throw in with this. DeMar Hamlin comes back literally from the dead. Yeah. Twice dead to play in the NFL. When he's on the field – don't tell me that as an opponent, you're not aware of it. Don't tell me that if Ryan Shazier had managed to come back to football, that you wouldn't have had some awareness. Of, he's on the field. He's on the field. Uh, how much have you ever, how much did you ever think about the other guys, the other team, or do you just have to say, listen, somebody cleared you to play. Okay. We're yeah. just out here playing football. It is not my responsibility that you're out here. Okay. Which, yeah. which, which is it, or is it somewhere in between? Man, hear me out. I've thought about this. I side-eye that okay medically oh. uh, because it's so unique. It's dead. He it's so unique. Dead. It's very unique. I, I hope he doesn't become, and I say this very overly, powerfully, respectfully. I hope they don't make him a puppet either, just saying, look what we can do in this league and our medical staff, and they make it non-authentic. Okay. Like, Shea was on the NFL run for a very long time, right? But I needed to be authentic in something like this. And I think most people are looking for that in the NFL. They cannot mess this up at all. But if you look at his situation, if it was the perfect hit on the perfect missed heartbeat, and it only can happen one in 10 million times, okay, then you roll with it. Most players are resilient. Most players have a hard time telling you no. And if I'm not ready to play, if I'm not ready to retire and my coach is going to allow me and I got to sign all this paperwork and waivers and make sure if something does happen to me, they're not liable for it, you roll with it. It's hard to tell a person no uh, in situations like this. And if he's good enough to make the team and they do all the scans, man. And they clear. And they clear. Yeah. And they clear them. You're going to roll with it. Most competitors probably will. If you ask Shazier, would you do it again? Oh, <laughs> what are you gonna say? Oh, and he'll he'll suit up before you have a chance to answer or to yeah. finish your question. I should say. Yeah, you know Ooh. there there's no doubt about that. Robert Ryder just wants to know what he missed. Uh, we were talking about the NFL help yeah. and Demar Hamlin playing again. How would yeah. I feel about it? Yeah, no, I think Robert wants to. Uh, he wants oh, us to, everything. He wants us to just go through the entire show for him. So, uh, okay. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob. You got to hit the we there 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 Central, 2 Mountain Time. And what is that? 1 uh, Pacific. Come on, dog. Oh, geez. As hard as it is to swallow, it ultimately comes down to the player's decision as they clear the medical. TJ says, yeah, it is. It's the player's responsibility. And unless – and in, 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 in all of these cases, with Ryan's injury – with DeMar's injury, you had a no-fault situation. Okay? I mean, there was contact, but there was nothing nothing. That was missed. such a light hit. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about that, though, too, then, DK. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody mentioned Ryan Clark earlier. He, he almost checked out himself. Like, RC was more close to dying than he was to staying alive. He hopped on that plane. And think about how sensitive that was. And what did I – lost his spleen? Oh. And what did he tell you? I'll oh. do it again. He wouldn't. I'll tell you what. He wasn't getting on that plane with that head coach. Yeah, no, no. Okay, let's remember that that was Mike, that was Mike Tomlin's call, not RC's. And if RC was on the show with us right now, he would back me on that. Yeah. Okay. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about here, uh, Ryan Clark had sickle cell anemia. Okay? Yeah. And he has the sickle cell gene. And as such, you are supposed to avoid any sort of strenuous activity at altitude. And Mike Tomlin wanted nothing to do with him participating, even though it was a playoff game, even though, even though it was, uh, you know, everything for you guys, uh, that really hurt RC. This is an emotional guy who gave everything of himself, including, including his well-being, his physical well-being back when safeties could still do that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, Uh, buddy. and and he's he's out there competing, but he wasn't allowed uh, for that one. Randy wants to know if the Steelers can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's always the mindset in Pittsburgh. Okay, that's what we do. No matter if it's a win, it, can you win it or not? That's the question everybody's asking themselves. Uh, did these, if this if this defense shores itself up? You have the opportunity to have a really solid team. Now, it's a matter of how quick can the young guys grow up and understand the game and study film and know how to break down play. That that's when it gets a little you know different when it comes down to separation. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, you, you just knew he had the smarts to get it done, right? Like that's the way we look at it. Like so, if Kenny grows up, the defense stops the run well in the passing game. You got a real good shot because that's a lot of talent. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get to. Uh... Riches and I, I can't get it on the screen for some reason. It's weird. This thing see. is kind of there. It is. Oh, here that it one? comes. Okay, Rich says hey, I got Mona. the juice now. <laughs> I've been trying to catch this show live for a while. My first off, welcome, Rich. Uh, it is welcome, different Rich. live, and, and but I, I'd like to think it's not that different though that you can't enjoy it after the fact. You know, you just can't right. participate. Obviously, right. he says. Uh, my question is how much of how Dan Moore was judged was due to, oh, we get our question of the day, not just because of the 10 bucks. This is good. But was judged due to Kevin Dotson. This dawned on me during your conversation with that you had with Marquise Pouncey. And just before you jump into that, Moan. Go ahead. Whenever Isaac, Isaac uh, Selmalu was signed, yeah, this was among my first thoughts was, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. Maybe they didn't really have that much of a problem with Moore. Maybe yeah. they had a problem with what Moore felt he had to do to compensate for Dotson. Just a theory, but what you're you're the left guard here, Moan. What do you got? Listen to me. This is a real thing. This goes back to our question from earlier in the show. How long does it take an O-line to kind of come together? Right. 
I told you earlier, footwork on, on scoop blocks, footwork on front side blocks, passing off games inside interior from tackle to guard. All of those things are, are, are big time uh, attributes to having a good offensive line. Dan Moore, to me, is probably a better athlete than Kevin Dotson, right? I don't think we can deny that. Well, I will say this in watching athlete, Dotson last year. You're referring year. to athlete you're referring in general. To, footwork. You're referring to quickness and foot speed and so forth. For strength, I'll take Dotson. Oh, sho- 10 times you down the field, I'll take Dotson. Just so we're on the same page. Okay. So, a, a, a change of position um, like this. I knew this. Everybody on our line had to be athletic and quick enough. Footwork matters. Smarts mattered even more. But when it came down to uh, doing the technique right and getting guys in the right position, passing off games, being on the same level. Early in the season, James Daniel has a little bit of issue with that, but he corrected it. Dotson always found himself a a, a turnstile at times when it came to passing off games. And I wonder if that did affect him. I wonder if that was an issue for him. DK, you laugh because you know there's a little bit of truth in that too, Mm -hmm. man. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you see in, in, in a possibility of upgrading, you do that. Now, Dan Moore has a, uh, a veteran left guard. Now we, ex- we suspect will be his starting left guard. What has to happen is Isaac Samalo has to be a guy that teaches him up to say, we got to communicate better. We got to practice together. We got to be on the same page on everything we do. I will say this. I don't think Dan Moore was in a position to overly correct Kevin Dotson to be like, dog, you're airing me out. Help me a little bit more here. That lack of understanding on how to communicate with your teammate about what they should be doing for you ain't disrespectful. Hey, Mo, I need you to push him over to me. Pounce will tell me, Mo, 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 hey, I need a little bit more right here on this block. Like, the ability to do that and know when to do those things is very crucial. So I ain't going to blame Kevin Dotson for how uh for how uh what's his name looked last year, okay? For for how Dan Moore looked, but it could make a difference. If for anything, they they won't change the left guard again. They will for real change the left tackle if it don't come together. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the real point to make here is that uh Dan Moore is now out of what it, excuses. I don't want to call them excuse excuses because he doesn't make them. Okay. That makes it oh, sound comfort like he makes seeking. Excuses. Yeah. Comfort seeking. Yeah, comfort seeking or whatever it is, but Dan Moore has he has a personality where he could do what you just described. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes there has to be uh performance behind the words. Okay. He it's has true. to put himself in a position the way that James Daniels did, the way that Mason Cole did. All right, now we're gonna listen to you because we can see what you're doing out there. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. And I, I think it was this comment right here that kind of got me to where, like, that's it. Ryan Clark and Troy, right? <laughs> Troy would tell you a lot of my career goes to Ryan Clark because he covered me up. Marquise would probably tell you that about Dave and I. Dave, Dave and Moan helped me out in my career. And I can say the same thing about my guys to the left and the right. That cohesion from left to right, front to back matters a whole lot. I don't think you would find James Ferrier telling you, no, Casey Hampton was my guy that kept guys off me. The most famous one of them all is Ray Lewis and Tony Saragusa. May he rest in peace, right? Mm -hmm. The goose kept guys off of Ray Lewis. Like, you're appreciative of those relationships, how it worked and what's expected of one another. I'm with you. The level of comfort seeking from Dan Moore moving forward is obsolete now. And he has no reason not to be able to find that. So to answer your question, it could have. 
But now we'll know for sure this year with a more experienced veteran guy at left guard. A couple more today. I'm going to be heading over to the ballpark here to watch the stunning Pittsburgh Pirates. Hey, 12-7. Enjoy it while you can. And their leading hitter is Andrew McCutcheon at age 36. Uh, you hey. just never know, man. Brian Brown says, hey, Moan and DK, what do you think? Do you think Mark Robinson will be in the middle linebacker rotation this year? I want to start this one, Moan. Go ahead. Um, I, I have strong feelings on Mark Robinson and what his potential can be because I see one thing that he brings that can't be taught, uh, that can't be mimicked, that can't be inspired, and that is his ability to close yeah. on somebody. It is outlandish. Oh, my it is, gosh. It is something that I have not seen with the Steelers since, A, peak Troy – and then before that, closer to the line of scrimmage, the rookie version of Kendrell Bell, for those of you who are into random, archaic Steelers references, okay? <laughs> but what he's able to do is Mark Robinson is here, and you're there five yards yeah. away, and you are as good as down. Cooked. Okay? Yeah. You might as well just say, here, you just set the football down and call it a day. All right? Yeah. Now, Unfortunately, that is not the only component to playing inside linebacker in the modern NFL. No. It, his coverage has tons to be desired. He has a long, long way to go on that. And he even has a long way to go. And this is going to sound counterintuitive to what I just said, but when it comes to uh, run defense, because yeah. that's a matter of picking your gap. That's, a that's not just a matter of here's me, here's you, I'm going to tackle right. you. Yeah, Mark Robinson to me, if he if I, if I was his teammate still and I saw him in camp and he came in and Mark is doing Mark like things, coming downhill and hitting me and uh just blowing up plays, I wouldn't even be impressed anymore anymore. You know why, DK? Mm. That was good to keep you on the team last year. Bro, how's your coverage? When y'all go backs on backers, Mark, are you losing more or are you winning more this year compared to last year? Was what, what about the playbook? Whenever they do play action, are you biting on that? I don't care about Mark Robinson stopping the run anymore. It's great. That's your strongest attribute. You're supposed to do that. But what does Coach T tell you from year one to year two? It ain't going to keep you around in year two. Mm -hmm. It was cute. You shocked us. It was us. fun. Thank was you. Fun. Yeah. That, that's what I would tell Mark Robinson if I was in camp with him this year. We were amused. We now, were. What, now what you got? <laughs> and that ain't no diss. But that was the same way with us. Like, hey, you were really good in the run blocking last year. Can you keep the guys out of Ben's lap? Let's do that this year. You know what uh, I'm saying? Alan says we need another Debo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, hey, get right on that, everybody. In fact, when we're done with this show, I'm going to run over to the south side and let Omar and Mike know that, hey, uh, Alan wants you to get another Debo. Hey, you know what, Alan, man? Uh, it took you a whole lot of years to find one of those guys again, oh. man. Maybe Mark Robinson can do that. Oh. Who knows? My good friend George Vukovic jumps on and says, Kotyin's live. Finally, just wanted to say, hey, love the show. Back to work. George, get back to work, man. I think he's a money trader or something. He's missing out on money. Come you know, on, there's actual cash you could be you could be uh, accruing for all of us. Yeah, come on. What are we doing here, George, man? <laughs> if you're going to break, take a break, okay? The mental awareness these days in all workspaces is necessary. So take a break and listen to us. You're good. All right. And our last word today goes to Derek Dunn, who points out that he is, in fact, a free agent guard and that he can play guard if needed. Derek, I don't even know if you're joking or not, but I absolutely will tell you this. 
You better be tough. You better find your way inside of a camp. The longer you are a free agent guard, the more you are closer to digging ditches than playing in the NFL. Okay? <laughs> Get in a camp somewhere, all right? Steer clear of McDonald's, my man. All right, everybody. <laughs> We're going to do another one of these tomorrow that really sets yeah, up yeah, the yeah. draft for the coming week and everything else here. And Whatever you do, don't stay tuned. Don't stay with us through the outro. It's never, ever worthwhile. It's never really uh, worth it at all, uh, DK. All right, all right bye. 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 <laughs> is, is that the Millennium Falcon? What is that? That's <laughs> me in there. <laughs> You're the Red Baron or Snoopy? You say I'm the Red Baron. That's who I am. Uh, <laughs> that's why you wore the red today. I love it. Y'all have a good Thursday. Happy Earth Day. <laughs>